Rodin. Ghidorah. Mothra. How many of these things are there? They're everywhere. Why is it comforting? We need a giant monster on our side. My God. Zilla. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's bring him in for a beer. PG-13. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to a Pop Culture Leftovers bonus episode. In the bonus episode, we're going to be talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which hit theaters this week. I uh, had about five years break there from the last Godzilla film. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about this movie. And uh, it, this is not going to be spoiler-free. We are going to be opening uh, this uh, discussion up to spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, then turn off the podcast now. But I am not alone. I am joined by Jake. Welcome, Jake. Yes, I'm here. I'm excited to talk about the Godzilla, King of the Monsters, or something like that. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that really what it's called? Yeah, right? it's Godzilla, yes. King of the Monsters. All right, good deal. I got that right. Yeah, you did. Wow, you you're you're just nailing it this episode. <laughs> um, so we're gonna be t- Jake. Uh, full disclosure: you did not watch the 2014 Godzilla film. I did not watch <laughs> the uh, 2014 movie. I got kind of. Um, anxiety about that as i was driving to the theater like not realizing uh if i really need to know any of that information and it, it turns out i did not yeah there you go there you go um so we're gonna be hey we also have a couple guests with us this week i wanted to invite uh two of our godzilla experts uh you know i'm i uh i watch godzilla movies but i am like not the most well-versed i don't know all the history and stuff so I, I want I got two Godzilla experts this episode. First off, uh, Daniel Hepner, and uh, you post you uh, have your own uh, monster kaiju podcast. Yes, I do. Thanks for having me, Brian. Uh, the name of the podcast for everyone to uh, watch and listen to it is Leftover Army Monsters Giant Podcast All Out Attack. Uh, that is, yeah, it's almost as long as this Godzilla title. Pretty much. Uh, see here. Yeah, no, I'm happy to have you on. Um, and, uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts on the film. And also joining us, uh, we pulled him away from the yard. Old man shooty. Welcome back, Scott. Hail to the king, brother. Been watching Godzilla before Hepner was even an idea in his dad's head. What is this competition with you and Hepner and Godzilla? What is going on here? Even before, there was like this, uh, this nerdy trash talk going on before we hit record. <laughs> Because I know that any on any given Sunday, you know, it's like the it's like football. On any given Sunday, sure. any team can win. Yeah. And Hepner is so much more knowledgeable on this shit. I'm just a huge fan, so uh, I'm you know I, I just came prepared. So you know if I don't if I don't bring my A game, then uh, I'm gonna make a fool of myself, especially for those people my age that uh, grew up on this shit. So 
I don't, the, you didn't have to point out this competition part of it, though, Scott. Now everybody's going to be analyzing everything you say on the episode. Probably. I think you've opened so yourself up to some greater opportunity to make a complete ass of myself. <laughs> We'll so be nice. That'll draw attention from my usual making an ass out of myself. Oh, so yeah. I that's, appreciate it. That's my job. That's my job. One hundred percent. I've Petro, confused I love what the. I especially love when you do an intro and then decide it wasn't very good and then redo the intro, but keep the old one in the show. That's my favorite part. Oh yeah, you're talking about the first uh, Godzilla episode on the podcast. That was that was just an audio glitch that had happened that I didn't catch. It was it was, it was glorious, man. It was, <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Week on my show, like, <laughs> let's do it again. I'm about ready to re-record this fucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to have you guys on. I'm happy to talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. This is a, a very anticipated movie for me, even more so, I'm sure, uh, for Scott and Dan. Uh, Jake couldn't even make it out <laughs> to the first movie, so I'm guessing it wasn't a big deal for him. Last Godzilla movie you saw was uh, Matthew Broderick, correct? Yeah, that that is a true story, and I have not seen that since I went and saw it opening night as well. So yeah, I, yeah, I, w- I was pretty excited for this. I thought the trailers really got me enticed. Those last few of them, I really great music placement and just you know, kind of quick takes of all the monsters and the battles. I I, w- I was excited on the way to the theater. I mean, that's kind of why I was getting anxiety about: Am I even going to understand this movie because I missed the last movie? Yeah, and but yeah, I was hyped. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're gonna be reviewing Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hi, hee hee, this is my cat making an appearance. He's my own little furry kaiju, and he's on the table. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. This was actually released as Godzilla 2 King of the Monsters in some markets, and, uh, it's directed by Michael Doherty. He's done other movies like, uh, what's he, Trick or Treat? Uh, what else did this guy do? Krampus. Krampus. I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, he's done some good movies. Uh, Krampus. I know there's another movie, Superman Returns. All right, okay. I spoke too soon. Um, that's Brian. That's Brian Singer, though. Brian uh, Singer. He acted in it. I'm sorry. Um, he's oh. a, yeah. He's um, he acted in Superman Returns. Um, uh, yeah. I'm I'm mis worse. I'm misreading the IMDb. He's an actor and he was involved in certain movies. So, uh, let's see here. Yeah. <laughs> was he was he one of the henchmen for Lex Luthor? He just looks like a henchman. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. It's uh, the sequel to 2014's Godzilla. Uh, it's the 35th film in the Godzilla franchise. It's uh, Legendary's third film in the what they're calling the MonsterVerse. Has this MonsterVerse taken off? Um, as a whole to the public? I don't know, man. I felt Maybe. like I, I haven't felt like they've been pumping up the MonsterVerse, like calling it the MonsterVerse. You know, it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, uh, the new Mummy movie came out, and they were really pushing that dark universe, weren't they? I haven't really seen them push this MonsterVerse yet. Have you guys seen a lot of MonsterVerse talk out there? I, I like haven't. Oh, go ahead. I, was, I feel like the general public knows about it. Like, my crowd was pretty packed for my experience, and I could just tell by the mumblings and the chatter that people – know of the connection to at least the the con yeah yeah but nobody's really calling it the the monster verse like we you know when you talk about the marvel movies you're calling them the mcu and even the short-lived dark universe that died after one film everybody called it the dark universe we kind of knew what we were getting into i just 
they really haven't been pumping this monster verse. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I feel it's like even uh casual viewers are kind of familiar with the Kong connection at this point. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like it's probably they probably have seen the fact that the, you know, cinematic universe naming has only worked for the MCU. And so, you know, the DCEU has kind of crumbled. Yeah, the Dark Universe only lasted one film. So they probably downplay that from a overall marketing standpoint, believe that like the trades and the articles. Yeah, I, I don't think they want to put the cart before the horse here either because you, we've seen what's happened with these expanded universes that are not MCU. So uh, I think they're I think they're kind of playing it by ear and seeing how everybody responds to the old MonsterVerse. Uh, this film's – go ahead. I was going to say the bloggers that I that I followed um, mm-hmm. have all referred to it as the monsterverse. That's good. I wanted to, I want them to kind of get the word out there. Like I, I really haven't I haven't been seeing this uh, as much or hearing about it as much. So, I, but I think that uh, I think I think Hefner's right though. I think we're all afraid of <laughs> hey putting the cart before the horse yeah. and getting all excited about something and then it just bombs miserably. Just so fizzles uh, out. Depending yeah. upon how this movie does financially, I think we might see. Pushing the monsterverse. How do you think? And also, sorry, just real quick. Also, there's some, you know, back and forth with Toho with the rights because they are letting them do, you know, these four movies: Godzilla, Skull Island, Godzilla Two, and Kong vs. Godzilla. But then Toho is going to take the rights back for a little bit, probably to make some of their movies. So it's probably they're also. Not sure how the rights are going to end up long term. It's not like Toho hasn't been making Godzilla movies in the interim, though. Correct. True, but there's like there's like if you're deep diving this stuff, there's articles and stuff talking about like there's dealings where they said, all right, you get four, and then we're going to take it back uh, for a few years. Ah, okay. Well, uh, the film stars Kyle Chandler, one of my favorites. Uh, loved him in Friday Night Lights. Loved him in Bloodline. I mean, this guy. Uh, it's crazy. I was thinking about Kyle Chandler and how um, if he is, let's say he's. Uh, um, he, he was in Peter Jackson's Kong movie. So yes, he, yeah. So <laughs> he played the actor in that movie, and I was just like, okay, so this guy's been in both of these big franchises, which is kind of crazy here. But um, remember that rumor where they where they might have had the Pacific Rim movies crossover into this as well? Yeah, I do remember that rumor. It's a, I'm kind of blown away by the whole four movie thing. I mean, it's not much of a monster verse if it's just a four movie arc and it's done. Well, it doesn't mean that it won't go on. It just sounds like Toho is going to be... They waited five years for this one, though. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like, you want to kind of build up the momentum, I would think. Yeah. How long are they going to wait until they can do it again? I mean, five years should be plenty enough if they're willing to do that again. Right, yeah. Well, they, I think they also wanted to make sure they had the next one ready to go because Godzilla vs. Kong already wrapped photography like a month or so ago. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that one's pretty much in the can. So, um, they got yeah, I'm sure they got a lot of stuff to do in post, but yeah, I was kind of blown away that it's already done. Um, Vera Farmiga, uh, also stars Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things, Bradley Whitford, Sally Hawkins, uh, Charles Dance, Thomas Middleditch, Aisha Hines, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, David Strathairn, Ken Watanabe returns, and, uh, Zhang Ziyi, um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty stacked cast. Like, everybody here has, like, their own filmography that's pretty respectable. So, uh, I mean, they fucking got Sally Hawkins for crying out loud. 
And yeah, for as much as she does in the movie, and she was in the 2014 movie too. Yeah. Oh, was she? She she was part of. Was she part of like a early Monarch then? Yeah, she was doing the same thing she was in this movie, just kind of standing next to Ken Watanabe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like this in this movie. I was like, okay, they took care of her pretty early. Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, I want to just, uh, open this up for our ratings. And if this is your first time listening, I want you to be familiar with our rating system, which is not playing. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, real quick before we read off our ratings, I'm going to read the synopsis. The cryptozoological agency Monarch faces off against a battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. Uh, so, let's uh, rate this one. Actually, I'm going to start with Jake. Jake, what did you think about uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Oh, thank you. I was kind of hoping I would get to go first before the uh, Hopner-Scott competition began. I didn't want to get in the way of any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you're the yeah. pre-show. <laughs> yeah, the pre-show, exactly. Yeah, I thought this movie was so, so ho-hum for me. I'm going to give it a middle-of-the-road taste-it. Um, I thought the monster battle stuff was really cool. Um, I kind of hated all the human actor interaction stuff. Um I thought the movie did a bad job of ever deciding if it was going to go full camp or not. And I kind of wish it would have just gone full camp. Like I, and if it did and I missed that, then my entire audience missed that too, because this movie never got a single laugh in my entire theater. So, I mean, at least not an on purpose laugh, maybe a couple ironic ones from just kind of the stupidity going on. But but yeah, monster battles were great. Um, I hated Kyle Chandler. I, I just thought he was the worst part of the movie. Um, just ridiculous. Like how often they brought up how much he hates the Titans. And I don't know if, if the over the top cheesy thing is what Godzilla people like. I, I guess they'll enjoy this, but it definitely wasn't for me. And I kind of feel like a disconnect is how long this movie was. Like it was definitely over two hours. And if you're going for camp and cheese, I feel like you need to rein it in a bit. And I was pretty bored trying to get from human plot C to plot D and that final monster battle. I thought the final battle was really great. I enjoyed the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie quite a lot, but getting there was kind of excruciating for me. So yeah, this was a middle of the road, taste it. We're seeing in the theater probably has, does you no service watching on a small TV. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go this. Yeah. This movie clocks in at two hours and 11 minutes. Um, and it definitely felt like that for me at times. Um, I uh, I saw this one in IMAX. I wanted to make sure if I'm going to watch these monsters, I want to watch them on the biggest screen possible. Uh, and every time I've seen a trailer for this, most of the time it's been in IMAX, especially when they had that IMAX special look at Godzilla King of the Monsters. I was just like, okay, this, I mean, and these trailers have blown me away from day one. I thought these trailers were just incredible. And what those trailers like really delivered on for me uh, was the monster battles. And I, they brought them here. They really brought them here. This is, uh, and the monsters look gorgeous. Um, 
I mean, uh, Gudira looks amazing. This is the most beautiful Mothra I have ever fucking seen. Just incredible. Rodan is awesome. And I think that they did such a great job with um, the monsters and the way that they fight, the way that they move, the way that they react. Uh, just seeing, like, the... Uh, you know, uh, Gadira's like belly, um, start to form that, uh, that, that fire blast and, uh, just it rising through his neck and then coming out of the mouth. Just beautiful special effects. The special effects budget on this just must have been astronomical because it looked fucking incredible. Love Ken Watanabe in this movie. Did not like what it did with his character in certain points in this movie. Especially like everything Kyle Chandler said. Ken Watanabe would just be like, yeah, let's do that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. That kind of annoying. And that's the thing with Godzilla movies and some of these kaiju movies is like the humans aren't... They're, they're, sometimes they're just side-dressing. And, you know, I've always kind of wanted one of these movies in my opinion to, to blend the monsters and the humans to make them all interesting. Like that's one of the things that Hefner, we talk about in the Transformers movies is how worthless the humans can be in those films that we just want an all Transformers movie based on Cybertron. And, um, you know, I, we can't get an all, I guess, I guess we can't get an all monster movie cause they're not, they're not talking, they're not communicating, but, um, it's the human stuff. I'll, I'll forgive it. Because it's usually not, that's not why you're at these movies anyway. Um, I Tupperware the fuck out of the battles, the monster battles, but the human stuff, some of it was just stupid. I got, um, there was uh, a little bit of the, the Ken Watanabe Armageddon moment at the end. Um, and then, you know, there was parts of this movie where it felt like I was watching, like Kyle Chandler was like doing his best John McClane and Die Hard. And then Charles Dance was, you know, fucking Hans Gruber there for a little bit. Um, I'm going to give this a high taste. That This is definitely a huge improvement over the last film, in my opinion, which I felt like, you know, if you're if I know a lot of people loved that movie. Um, I know I'm one of those people that was pissing and moaning that we didn't get to see a lot of Godzilla in that movie. I'm sorry. I know that's how they do it in these uh, classic Godzilla films. I'm just, it's, it's, it was 2014. I came to see Godzilla and I saw like fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson and, um, uh, Brian Cranston. And, you know, I love Brian Cranston. He's a draw for me. But, uh, when you take him out of the movie early and I'm stuck with Aaron Taylor Johnson, it just, uh, kind of sucked. But, um, and, um, but the, the monster battles were absolutely incredible in this film. And that kind of put this one a little bit over the top for me is just, just watching some of these fights were just incredible. I love globe trotting too. And, uh, I don't know. Some of, uh, some of the technology was, I don't know, the technology, the, the, what was that whole thing that they, they use? They call it the, the Orca, which is that, uh, device. We'll talk about that. We'll break this all down. I'm, I'm running on too long. I want to hear what you guys thought about this movie. So overall, high taste it for me. I did have a fun time in the theater. My theater did have some laughs. Uh, some Thomas Middleditch laughs, some hmm. Kyle Chandler laughs, and, uh, definitely some, uh, what's his name? Bradley Whitford. Uh, he was one of the villains, I believe, in an Adam Sandler movie, wasn't he? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Billy, and Billy Madison. Madison. Yeah, so, uh, I want to get your thoughts. Um, Scott, I'm going to have you go next. All right, thanks. So, I love Godzilla. 
been watching Godzilla, like I said, since I was a kid. We used to, like, sit... That's when sitting in the front row was cool. I don't know if that was ever cool for you guys, but we would we would go to the movies and, and sit in the front row and just take in Godzilla. And it, it was just a lot of fun. And that's what I love about Godzilla movies. You can um, probably argue all day whether or not they make sense, uh, whether or not the acting is any good, and if the special effects are bad or whatever. But they were always a lot of fun, and they had a sense of um, whimsy to them. You know what I'm saying? Lots of fun. So going into uh, this film uh, after 2014, which had what I, I watched that film, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it, it certainly wasn't a lot of fun. Um, it, it is very apparent that the you know Doherty and the producers listened to the audience and tried to deliver a lot of great things. So for me, I thought the movie was pretty fun. Um, I'm going to taste it. it. You're right, Brian. The the monster battles are fucking insane. King Ghidorah looks absolutely fantastic. Um, best looking version of that creature ever. We'll talk more about that later. Um, the score, I want to bring up the score. That, uh, Dan, I'm sure that you'll bring this up. Um, there were a lot of nods to classic Godzilla themes in it like when mothra shows up there's the mothra theme going on um you got the classic godzilla theme going on i think they missed an opportunity at the end we'll talk about that more later um my big problem with this film is all the human stuff Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. dumb Just, uh, just a lot a lot of dumb stuff i think the major plot um from dr russell um is just her choices in the film and why she makes those choices make no sense to me whatsoever. Oh, and yeah. That that took me right out of the film. Like, as soon as she has her speech as to why she did what she did, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I don't buy it. I didn't buy it. And if your audience doesn't buy that, I think the movie kind of falls. It falls, uh, falls really flat. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, and, the, and I guess the last thing I'm going to say as far as my overall taste at rating is that, you know, one of the reasons that we follow the humans in any of these movies uh, on the ground is so that we can get a sense of tension. So there's these giant monsters fighting each other, and, you know, we need to get a sense of how big they are, and we need to get a sense of tension and, you know, being scared, and there was none of that. Um, because every time there was something going on with the humans on the ground, um, either had nothing to do with the monsters whatsoever, which made no sense to me, or there was zero attention because I knew what would happen. I knew that one of the good monsters would come in and save the day, and the human would escape. So, yeah, taste it for me. It's it's a lot of fun. You definitely need to see it in movie theaters. Um, we saw it in IMAX. Uh, my audience sat on their hands. They no cheering, no clapping, no mm-hmm. laughing, no nothing. But that's Florida. But uh, yeah. This is also they're showing this in real 3D, and I was like, I don't know, like I I think like I think I think Gadira, you know, like the first introduction to Gadira and uh, and some of these monsters in 3D would look really damn good. I don't, I I don't know. For me, dude, all three of those heads, all those three heads swinging around, dude. I'm sorry, that sounds pretty fucking cool to me. it does. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Hefner saw it in 3D. 
Probably not. What, what'd you, what, yeah, how did you watch this, Abner? Uh, I watched it in good old regular schmegular 2D. I always like the first time I see a movie to just see it in normal 2D so that I'm not distracted by bells and whistles and look how big the screen is and look how, you know, if you're doing like the 4DX box where like the water sprays on you. I don't want all that stuff. I just want to watch the movie. Mm. So I always watch it uh, first time, just, you know, regular 2D. Okay. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, it depends on the movie for me, uh, if I'm going to go see it in 3D or not. A lot of the animated ones I like to see in 3D if I can. I think they just look really good in 3D. Um, and the Disney stuff, like the new Aladdin kind of stuff. I think, the, I think the special effects actually look better in 3D. I think it kind of, like, masks some of the uh, special effects problems that they have in some of these films. But... Um, Scott, I'm glad you brought up um, Emma Russell in this movie and her speech. I, I could not agree with you more. That was that was an eye rolling moment for me as well. Um, <laughs> Jay, I what, almost Peter Griffin did and just stood up and said, "I'm out." And walked out. Yeah. That's how bad that, <laughs> that was. Pretty bad. I mean, I, I understand that you got to move the plot along somehow, but. I don't know. And Charles Dance felt like he felt like uh, when he showed up, he felt like uh, John Lithgow's character in Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was that was one of the worst parts of of the film. Um, Hepner, what did you think about uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters? All right. Well, give me a minute because there's I got a few things to say. Um, you know, so. Just real quick to like recap um, the previous two movies in this MonsterVerse. Godzilla, I would taste it regular right down the middle. Kong Skull Island, I would high taste it. Um, and then this movie, like I'm really struggling of do I do I give a rating based on you know looking at it objectively or do I give a rating based on my personal feelings? Personal feelings, man. Absolutely, every time personal feelings. I mean, in that case, I have to Tupperware this because it took me back to. You know, I mean, I watch these movies all the time, have my own podcast about it, but like it, you know, I can watch a movie that I've seen a million times and, you know, it won't transform me back to the first time I saw it. But this movie, watching in the theater earlier today, transformed me right back to when I was like 10 years old and watching on like Superstation, uh, you know, the Monster Bash on TNT, you know, weekend and seeing Godzilla versus Monster Zero for the first time or, Godzilla versus uh, Mechagodzilla for the first time. It took me back to a part where I felt like a little kid again watching one of these movies in such a glorious 3D rendered, you know, high-budget special effects state-of-the-art that I never thought I would get to see this kind of a movie growing up. I never thought that I would ever get a Godzilla movie like this. And I got it. And... You know, it's not a perfect movie. I agree with you guys. There's some issues uh, predominantly with the the human characters and that kind of, quote, story going on. But, you know, Godzilla movies, you know, like we've said, are kind of like that, where there's ridiculous science and bullshit science and vague to non-existent motivations for characters, and people sometimes just turn on a dime for no reason, uh, and just a lot of nonsense, and a lot of times, yeah, it has little or nothing to do with the actual shit we're, that we're here for, which is the kaiju action, the fights. But you know, so I'm used to that, and I, but I found the characters good enough 
um, to not take me out of it or not make me, you know, check my watch and, you know, sit there and go, oh, when are we going to get to the fights? Um, so that was, that's good enough. You know, the, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, like you were saying, uh, Brian, in the 2014 one, is just like floating down the lazy river, not trying at all. It's just kind of around and not having any agency. As weird and ridiculous the motivations of some of the characters in this movie are, they're at least active in whatever they're trying to do, as opposed to just passively being along for the ride. So that helps, because a lot of Godzilla movies, that happens too, where they're just kind of there, and they're just kind of following around. So, you know, the monster battles are fantastic looking. Like I said, I never thought I would get this kind of Godzilla action in my lifetime, or ever. And I'm so glad that I did. And I love all the creature designs. Even the the original American creation ones, while kind of goofy to some extent, I was like, yeah, they're fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really, you know, as a fan and as an individual person, this movie took me back to watching some of the Godzilla movies for the first time as a kid. So because of that, it really got that from me or it took me there. Uh, I got to wear it. So is it okay? Is it a case? And I'm not accusing you. Is it a case of you are excited to go back to the theater and watch this again for a second time, or is this like? And do you feel like you'll you'll get some of that same feeling again from the second viewing? Fair question. And uh, yeah, I think that I will still get some of that. I don't think this is like a one and done thing. Like I don't, I don't very often go see movies more than once. I only saw Endgame one time in theaters. Um, but like, this is a movie that I'm going to go before I record my podcast tomorrow. I'm going to go catch it a second time tomorrow morning. Yeah. No, not, well, that, that, that definitely tells me that you're excited. See, the reason I ask is because like upon my first viewing of watching, uh, um, solo, I left the theater just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then I went back and the second time when you go back and you kind of get to, to watch it. And, um, again, you, 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 you see all those things that you missed the first time, things that you didn't like, the, maybe that you let slide the first time just because you're, you're back in this world with all these, like, familiar characters being played by new actors and stuff. But, like, uh, you know, every time – I feel like the second time that you watch something, you can kind of nitpick it a little bit more if you want to. And it can go either way at that point. So I was just kind of curious. Dan, yeah, I really... no, go, go ahead. ahead. All right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. That reminded me of like uh two people when they bump into each other and that one tries to step off to the left to let the other person pass but they both step to the left and then yeah, they that's, just... that's me every interaction on the street. <laughs> yeah, same same here. But Dan, I'm really glad that you had that experience cuz that is the, that is the experience that I wanted. It really really was. And one of the things that none of us kind of talked about, but you can certainly say yes or no to. There are just a shit ton of nods to the super fans in this movie, and we'll talk about that later. And so I know that they were like poking at me with, hey, hey, check this out. We know you know Godzilla. Hey, check this out. You know what I'm saying? And, man, some of those hit, and then some of them didn't, but it feels to me like all those really kind of hit and enhanced your experience. Well, well, I'll tell you, like, the Oxygen Destroyer thing did not. That I actually have an issue with, so we'll get to that later. Oh, I do too. Good. Yeah, but also, and I forgot to mention it, because you had mentioned it too, the score in this movie, amazing. I love the score in this, and yeah, the 
callbacks and the remakes of the uh, classic Akira uh, Kube scores. So Godzilla's theme, Ghidorah's theme, Mothra's theme. Mm-hmm. There's even a slight hint of Rodan's classic theme in there, too. It's very subtle, but it's not like full out. But yeah, I love the music in this movie, all the original stuff, too. Well, okay, let's uh, let's let's unpack this movie and talk about this. Um, my question for you guys: When they first introduced this device, this uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're we they track down these uh, different uh, titans. Now, Hepner, how involved were you with the uh, with that uh, website where they were? Constantly tracking down different monsters. Were you were you oh, on the there all Monarch the Science? Yeah. Site. Were you on there a lot? No, I went on there maybe once, and that was it. I I did not pay attention to that stuff. I mean, I also am part of enough Facebook groups and various other you know internet forums where it's like I get all that stuff via osmosis. I don't have to do it myself. Yeah, it felt like that site was kind of like they were trying to make it interactive with the movie, and I, I like this kind of stuff. I, I really do. I, I do feel like it does pull people in uh, that are like hardcore fans. Um, you know, where it felt like what they were doing is they were tracking down different monsters, and by the time we got to this movie, Mon- Monarch had tracked down. I, what did they say? Like seventeen. Different kaijus. Yeah, 17 different kaijus. And I felt like that's what the website was doing, uh, before this movie came out. Uh, and you could also track the movements and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to talk about Mothra though, and I felt like at first, for me, and you guys can correct me, but uh, I felt like at first, like they, they introduced this Orca device as like a substitute for like the, and you guys would know a lot more about the mythology and the lore than I do. But like the three different women that would sing and control Mothra, I felt like that was the replacement here. Was Orca the way to control? Orca, um, Orca was the way to. But it felt. But then this Orca device, they used it for other kaiju. So I was like, okay, I I was wrong there. Not knowing Godzilla mythology very well, I I immediately thought right away that this thing was going to be used as basically a remote control for the other you know kaiju. To either send them away or make them come. Yeah, the the twins there, uh, and Dan, you can jump in and and add way more to this. But the the two young, you know, midget women that control Mothra or call Mothra are the twins, and there's a lot of there's some rep, several references to that throughout the film, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the device um, close closer resembling the control that was used in um, the 1960s, early 70s film Destroy All Monsters, where uh, they had uh, remote control devices planted on all the monsters on monster island and they they battled it out until they lost control that that was that was the easter egg that i found with the with the orca device dan yeah you're talking about the uh Kelax, the uh, yep. aliens yeah um yeah i mean i, I kind of figured immediately that this uh orca device was not going to be like a substitute for the uh, twin fairies or the show Beacon, as they're called um and brian you said three yeah. There is an instance where there is three of them, and that's in the '90s Rebirth of Mothra trilogy. So you were wrong, but actually still right. That's so, that's what I I know that's that's the one that w- was popping into my head, and I didn't even yeah. realize it. So, 
but yeah, because there's which in this movie I was confused because they only they, the Easter egg that they showed was like just the two. So I was like, "Am I? What the fuck is wrong with me?" Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's funny. You're you're thinking of a different thing that's a different continuity, but mm. still there. So good on you. But yeah, because the, there's some weird stuff going on that's kind of vague with the uh, with the idea of the twins because uh, we have uh, uh, Z Zhang's uh, character. Who she's also playing two people in this because we see her later in the movie when she's talking about she's third generation monarch and that her parents were twins like her mother was a pair of twins and her their, their mother was a pair of twins as well and so we have she uh, in this movie playing a dual role even though one of them like is just kind of there but then they never interact so there's hints that like. Maybe because they're also I was looking this up. They're also her their family line is also from Infant Island, which is Mothra's home island. So it's curious to see in the future if they're going to do more with that, or if they're just kind of doing that as fan service. Because also the older ladies in the photos are uh, previous uh, twins that have played the uh, twin fairies in the previous movies. Hmm. What did you think of that reveal when they revealed that she had a twin? What did you think of that, Dan? I was fucking confused because I really? didn't get it. I didn't get it at first. I, oh, I thought, got it right away, and I was, like, very happy. I was like, see, that was- I was confused because we have Joe Morton, good old Joe Morton from Terminator 2 and various other things. Yes. He's playing the older version of Corey Hawkins' character in Kong Skull Island. Yep. And so I thought he was going out when we see G in her other Dr. Lin role – I thought that was the supposed to be an older version of uh, Jin Tan from Kong Skull Island as well. So I was on something completely different, thinking they were just kind of filling continuity in when they were setting up the Twin Fairies instead. Yeah, no, I, I could see why you get confused there, but for me it was like, you know, they just filmed that scene so well. Like, it was a really nice, slow reveal, and I was like, oh, she's a twin. Oh, she's with Mothra. Oh, they're twins. Oh, this is great. I'm starting to get a little Godzilla chubby. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I eventually caught on. I was like, oh, that's what that was. Ah, cool. I've got a question for you guys. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really cool, explaining how Godzilla moved so quickly underwater. Uh, of course, he moves quickly uh, all on his own. But, like, the hollow earth thing, is this something that's come from other Godzilla films, the Hollow Earth, these tunnels uh, that Godzilla goes through to to travel to get to different places very quickly. Not to my knowledge, because um, this is something the Hollow Earth theory was established by Corey Hawkins' character in Kong Skull Island. That was the first time that that's ever been brought up, and that's not something that's been in previous continuity. But there are hints to other things that have happened in uh, the Toho monster universe in the past. You know, when we find Godzilla, when he's kind of, you know, laid out after the whole second Ghidorah fight in the ocean and everything, and Sarasawa goes in there, you know, we got all these underwater ruins. That's either a nod to either Atlantis, yeah. just in general, or uh, the undersea kingdom of Mu from the movie Atragon, which has Amanda later tied into Godzilla, or the kingdom of Seatopia from Godzilla versus Megalon. What yeah, I thought that was Atlantis, but uh, yeah, yeah, Hopner's bringing the the science, Godzilla science. I um I've never heard of the uh, Hollow Earth till uh, the uh, MonsterVerse either. Okay. It is a very convenient plot device. 
Yeah, it's just kind of like gets the. <laughs> it's kind of like what Game of Thrones did in season seven, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what it actually reminds me of? Y'all remember the second Mortal Kombat movie? Uh, I'm trying to forget. Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, but you yeah. do remember when like they Raiden, Luke Kang, and uh, uh, Katana get in those weird like giant hamster balls and like travel throughout the Earth like fast travel to like the other side of the planet. I haven't seen that movie in over twenty years, man. <laughs> I haven't either, but I, it reminds me of like I was like, oh, they got the weird hamster balls right out of American Gladiators. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I do not remember the modes of transportation in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a deep cut. It's a deep cut, I know. Like, that's all it reminded me of. I thought they all got around in a Nissan Sentra in that movie. I thought that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever finished the second one. I, I think I family got it. I'm out. Oh, Probably yeah. that way. Yep. The, the lizard people, That's they're from the Hollow Earth, right? Is Godzilla going to fight the lizard people in later movies? The Slee Stacks? Uh, you talking about yeah. the sleaze stacks, Jake? No, not 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 land of the lost stuff. Okay, but the actual lizard people that live no, in the, the hollow yeah, core the of the earth. People, the lizard people are going to team up with the mole men as well to try to take on Godzilla. Nice. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't used that device before with all these giant monsters. I'm surprised none of them have come from the hollowed core of the earth yet. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good place you could go from. It always ended up being because it was during the sci-fi era of the 60s, so it was always space. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So you'd think after 30 movies, though, they think bring one from the bottom instead of from the top. <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> Even still, though, all he's doing is using it for fast travel. There's no creatures down there. Yeah, fair point. Um. So. Oh, go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. I was, I'm, I'm a little blown away by how much connecting there was to uh, Skull Island. I, I had no idea. Yeah, like, I didn't know that the one character was... <laughs> I th- Yeah, that blew my mind when Hopner said that. I was like, okay, all right. I did not know that he was playing the same character from Skull Island. But that just shows you how ca- how much of a casual fan I am. I watched Skull Island, like, once, you know, so... Yeah. I mean, it might be showing you as a casual fan, or it might be further showing I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy to hear so much detailed mythology described about this movie, which at core, at parts, felt like a science fiction original movie with some of the stuff going on. But we you are know? talking about the monster verse, Jake. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's different continuities. This is this actually connected to more than just the 2014 Godzilla movie? No, just this in Skull Island, or 2014 in Skull Island, and then mm-hmm. this movie. No, Godzilla has a long history of, like, the 50s to the 70s with one continuity. Then the 80s and 90s with different continuity, only tying back to the original 54. And then the Millennium movies after 2000, like, most of them were just rebooted each time, but always going back to the original and nothing else. So... Godzilla continuity is fucking worse than fucking Marvel or DC Comics. Real quick, did you guys see the teaser poster that was released at, uh, like, one of these events? I can't remember. Recently, it was a teaser poster for uh, Kong versus Godzilla. I haven't seen the poster. You have not? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's just a teaser poster. I think I don't. I, it's not going to be the final poster, but it just it, it's you've got Godzilla on the left and uh, Kong on the right, and. Um, it looks like Kong is like either jumping or charging at him and they're fighting. Um, but, uh, size comparison, like this is like, 
it, I mean, it looks like Kong is almost like he's, he's gotten bigger. It's been years and years since like that, that movie that we had that was based in the Vietnam era. Kong has gotten bigger and like this is definitely going to be the biggest Kong we've ever seen on screen before. When you look at this poster. Oh yeah. Um, I mean the Kong in Skull Island was about as big, if not as big as the previous largest Kong ever, which was from 1962. Uh, they, dude, if you, I've looked at charts of this Kong, it, it, this last one was the biggest one and it felt like it was the biggest one by a mile. Yeah, well, because the previous largest one was Kong and Kong vs. Godzilla, and he was 148 feet, and I don't, off the top of my head, remember how mm. long Big Kong is in Skull Island, that, but around yeah. there, if not larger. That makes sense. Yeah, and didn't they, they said something like, there was a line in Kong Skull Island about how he's still growing, It's he's still young. Yeah, I believe it was John C. Riley that said that. Yeah, I forgot John C. He was great in that movie. He was awesome. He was so good yeah. in that movie. I don't like John C. Riley, and I was like, I liked him in this one. Oh, he's fantastic. You need to watch Stan and Ollie. He, he's, he's got so much range as an actor. And then uh, Gangs of New York, fantastic in that film. Oh, my God, I forgot he's in that. Yeah, Boogie Nights. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the guy's got so much range. He can do uh, Dr. Stephen Brule for your health, and then he can do a movie like Gangs of New York. Incredible actor. So, and... I'm not going to turn this into John C. Riley cast, but uh, do you think it would have worked maybe better if they would have done the Kong thing first and then the, all the other monster stuff? It feels like I've been saying that for a while, but Kong and Godzilla is the bigger. It's the bigger draw. Value. Yeah, yeah, it's the bigger draw. It's like the Batman v Superman of, and I'm you know, it is. It's the bigger draw. Like that's that's the heavyweights, man. That's uh, Rocky and Apollo Creed. I mean, that's. I just, I just feel like the undercard is way cooler than the giant monkey. I, I, I dis, I, I disagree with you. Like, I, I, I just me personally, the, that's the movie down the road that I'm looking forward to more. The, the, the culmination to all this is, is Kong versus Godzilla. The two franchises, the two separate franchises coming together, and it's the big, it's the big battle. It's the big crossover. You know? Yeah, I'm, I can definitely understand why they're doing it this way. I mean, Jake, as me and you both as wrestling fans, wouldn't be the first time we've had a better undercard match than the main event. Did you, um, Dan? Did you see the uh, the theory of possible um, plot devices that will occur to enhance Kong versus Godzilla? No, because that sounds ridiculous. We already had a ridiculous contrivance for Kong to be stronger the last time, so well, just have them fight. Well, hold on a second. I'm not saying they're not going to fight, but it, did everybody see the uh, post credit scene? Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. it, yeah. Do we want to talk about that? Because it plays into Kong versus Godzilla, yeah. in my humble opinion. Yeah, go ahead and bring that up, absolutely. Okay, um, Dan, do you want to explain... Because I think you probably do a little bit better. The uh, post credit scene, the end of credit scene. Sure, I will take the honor. Um, yeah, so we kind of just have um, it's in like it's nearby the village where Rodan was uh, released from, if I recall correctly. But like it's just you know kind of back alley dealings in like a village area, um, and Charles Dance's character is being led there by like a local or whatever, and they've recovered uh, the one of the remaining heads of King Ghidorah, uh, you know, and obviously they're trying to sell it to Charles Dance, and he says, yeah, we'll take it. 
Um, I'm curious as to what your opinions are on where that might go. So I have several theories. Are we okay, getting, okay. so we need to so talk my, about we need to talk about the news clippings too after this. Oh yeah, yes, for we sure. do. Yeah, I got notes on that too. So um, my, I had two thoughts. One was, of course, the my initial thought was, um, of course, at the end of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah in the um, Heisei series, uh, we had Mecha King Ghidorah. So that was yep. my first thought, is that we'd have Mecha King Ghidorah. My second thought is that um, we know that this character is after DNA. Uh, we know that that head was lost at sea during the oxygen destroyer event. And so if we took DNA from King Ghidorah, which has been affected by the oxygen destroyer, we could get a mutated version of Destroyer which becomes the big bad in uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And then so we've got a team-up at the end of that movie against mm. the big bad. I think we're going to get a team-up regardless of what character comes at, at the end of that movie. Uh, I think the first act, act and a half, will be Godzilla and Kong going at it. And then I think the big bad comes in and they team up. And that that would be great if that, they do that. That goes along kind of like what you were saying earlier, Hepner, about – you know, they've only got a four movie thing in place for now. And so in order to wrap up this post credit scene storyline, you'd have to do that. Uh, if, if you, if you're gonna do that yet, to make sure that you do that, you ha- kinda have to do that in this next film. Otherwise you're hoping, you're kinda hoping that you can work out another deal with Toho. Yeah, absolutely. Unless that's gonna be something that's dangling for in case they, come back to it in a few years but scott look at me and you on the same fucking thread i had the exact same thoughts too of like you could go mecha king Ghidorah route and that's kind of the obvious way to go but i don't think that i think going you know giant mecha you know half cyborg uh robot monster is a little too far-fetched for where we're at currently in here maybe down the road but I think the Destroyer line is exactly what I was thinking is a more plausible one as well. Maybe you splice a little bit of Godzilla DNA in there as well, you know, some sort of weird cloning process or whatever the hell. Um, yeah, because I think, the, you know, Destroyer, even though he only had the one movie, it's an iconic movie. He's basically the kaiju version of the devil, basically. Um, and he, I think that would be a really good thing for them to, to do to pit the, you know, to have Kong and Godzilla team up in the end. Um, and yeah, I, as much as I want there to be, it's just Kong and Godzilla fighting each other. Yeah. You know, you can't have, uh, Jake to use wrestling terms. You can't have two baby face characters fighting to the death in a, the climax of your movie. You need to bring in a third heel character in here. So destroy is a really good one to do that with. You know, and I also know that they've been, they've said one of the other monsters they would like to bring in from the Toho universe is also Gigan, which has always been a personal favorite of mine. So maybe they'll shove him in there or something, you know, but I think the Destroyer line is a good, uh, is a good thought. Fun fact Godzilla vs. Destroyer was one of Austin's favorite movies when he was over at my house. We'd watch it like nine times in a row. He nice. just kept watching it over and over and over. Really like that middle of the movie aliens ripoff scene. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, but yeah. Can I ask how does Mecha Godzilla work? Is that is that a man made thing? It, it is. depends on which version we're talking about. Well, it's still made by man, so uh, or the first ape one, aliens. 
Well, the man still made it. So in the Heisei series, correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I probably am. But they uh, they took um, they took parts from Mecha King Ghidorah, which was a, a robot that was created in the future and time warp back it to fight Godzilla. Um, so they pulled that from the sea and they made um, Mecha Godzilla out of those parts. Correct. Correct. And then um, in the Millennium series, they had Mecha Godzilla three. By the by the way, character design on uh, is Kiru uh, Mecha Godzilla three yeah. is fucking amazing. Um, that was um, a robot built out of the skeleton of a Godzilla. So they had the skeleton <laughs> from the 1954. So there's multiple Godzillas in in that series. So that's the skeleton of the 1954 monster, and they built a robot around that. <laughs> so is is Mecha Godzilla a sentient being, or is it like remote control? In the Millennium Era, it does become sentient at one point, and then just wrecks the city while Godzilla is just like deuces I'm out. Um, but in the Heisei Era, it's controlled in the robot by uh, members of G Force, the Anti Godzilla Coalition, uh, and then, oh, so they're inside Mecha Godzilla. Yes. in the nineties, yes, they're <laughs> it's like Power Rangers. Yeah, it's a whole Megazord setup going on. Um, and in the show era, the original era, it is remote controlled from a base offsite by, uh, aliens from the third planet of the black hole, which when you kill them, they turn into green planet of the apes people. Oh man. Yeah. I want Mecha Godzilla in the next one, like kind of make him like the doomsday where Kong and, you know, Godzilla have to team up to take him down. You could get the humans in that way too, right? Have them be the ones that make this fucking disaster, have it go wrong. And then. Kong and Godzilla get to be giant faces and save the day from the dumb. Yeah, you humans. have Charles Dance piloting it from inside so that you get a conclusion to him when they just fucking blow him away. <laughs> that would be wicked cool. And see, that's a that's a human plot that I can I can buy into. Versus, yeah. versus Doctor Russell's human plot. Oh which God, yeah, I fucking hate. Yeah pretty ballless that they didn't kill that character off too like they actually tried to pull like the full redemption where we're supposed to feel sympathy and sorry for the character it's like can't this character get stopped by godzilla at this point well she does die yeah no. oh, i guess i spaced that part out remember she, yeah, I mean, she was the, yeah, that was that was the armageddon moment i was talking about jake oh yeah yeah because yeah. she's but down I, there oh go ahead but I was going to say, I'm with Jake. I didn't feel any remorse or redemption. It was it 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 didn't feel earned at all. All of a sudden, she turns again, and I'm like, I don't buy this. Uh, I'm not sorry for you. I hope you get squished. Uh, I'm going to internally cheer when you do, and then uh, let's move on to some more monster action. Please. No, she's a horrible parent, man. I mean, yeah, no, I, I know. I felt oh. no sympathy for her, and she didn't just get squished. Because I'm pretty sure she dies when Godzilla goes all burning Godzilla and sends out the pulse. So I think she got more like Sarah Connor T2 in the fucking nightmare vision. That was Ghadira that killed her. Was it? Because yeah. it kind of is mm. vague of when she dies. Because she, she, she gets knocked out of the Humvee, but she's still alive then. Then Godzilla shows up and like burns the whole place down. She says, hail to the king, and then Ghidorah's going to you know, do his electric thing on her, and then uh, Godzilla comes in, and you see the uh, atomic breath hit mm-hmm. 
Ghidorah, like it all, that was my other problem. I mean, every time there was this moment of somebody's going to get hit, the atomic breath would come in from some uh, unseen side of the film and then blow the big bat out of the way. It, it, it almost got predictable, in my humble opinion. Hmm. <laughs> no, I yeah, agree. It was, it was predictable. But it's still fun. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It's fun, but I'm like, oh, Godzilla's going to save the day. Here we go. Yeah, he did. Don't you think they should have sent somebody other than Ken Watanabe there at the end of that movie? Like, don't you think he's a little too valuable at this point to be sacrificing? Probably from a managerial standpoint, but I actually <laughs> like I actually like that they did that because so uh, Ken Watanabe's character Ishiro Serizawa, named first name after the director of the Godzilla franchise Ishiro Honda. And his last name, Sarazawa, is the character Sarazawa who creates the Oxygen Destroyer, killing the Godzilla in the original movie. So I like the kind of the uh, role reversal where, you know, the original Sarazawa dies killing, because he also kills himself while killing Godzilla in the first movie. So he dies to right. kill Godzilla, and in here he dies to save Godzilla. So I actually kind of like the, the switch on that. Hmm. What did you guys think about Millie Bobby Brown in this movie? Was did you like having a? They're try, they're saying that she's twelve years old in this movie. Get what? No. Yes. No. Mm. Yeah, I was yeah, underwhelmed I by Millie Bobby Brown. I, I it was almost like a little bit of the West from Next Generation type of stuff, where she was just too great of a kid and. Just all the bad parenting stuff, and her always being in the in the point of danger, and always being okay. And I don't know. And she wasn't a good screamer by any means, which is usually someone you'd cast in a role like this. Nor did I find her character very interesting. So, Scott, I'm on I'm on I'm on Wikipedia right now. It says Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell, Emma, and Mark's twelve year old daughter. Yeah, I'm just saying no because I don't buy that she's 12. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like yeah. 14, 15. They gave, I agree, dude. I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in real life, she's got to be like 19, right? I mean, yeah. it's, uh, but they give her that haircut. They, that's what they do in these movies. They give them that, <laughs> that little kid haircut. And, uh, you were so, 12 years old. Are you kidding me? Come yeah, on. real Beverly Hills 90210 going on there. Because when I was looking at the pictures of, uh, you know, it was the five years prior and they showed the picture of her and then her brother who died in the first battle when Godzilla showed up. I was like, she does like this, that she looks like she's six. She looks like she's six. And and I was like, there's no way. And then I'm reading this Wikipedia page. She's 12 years old. I don't that. I'm That's sorry. fucking insanity. <laughs> yep, and I'm and I'm eligible for ARP. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fucking Finn yeah, Wolfhard has a way better Get the letters in the fucking mail, okay? When you when that starts coming, then you're really gonna feel old. So, um, I thought she was good in like the first twenty minutes until mom turned the heel, and then um, then she was just lost. Yeah, she's got a real. She's she's strong in the beginning, and then yeah, she turns into. Uh, what the kaiju fandom calls a typical Kenny situation, which is just Kenny is a precocious ish child that just kind of is around the movie, even though they serve nothing to the real plot. Is yeah, she the all this uh, parent dragging drama between you know which one yeah. she'll go to, and then the, like she does nothing for that storyline, nor do they follow up on it. You know, 
Yeah, See, that's the, the thing. Like, they probably could have trimmed if they got the story tighter. Because you're right, Jake. Maybe that's the deal. They've just got too many of these things that are out there that have zero payoff, and and that takes away from the tightness of the story. And we could, I mean, Dan, you could probably name a, a thousand different plots from, um, from the Godzilla series that are, you know, silly and dumb, but at least they're tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they're at least superfluous enough to where you can kind of mute it out a little bit or just kind of drone it out. Um, yeah, it, it, there could have been because, yeah, it really makes no sense to me because at the beginning of the movie, we meet her and she's emailing her dad saying that, you know, hey, nice to talk to you. Look, I'm kind of worried about mom. Right. And then 20 minutes later, they're in the the Antarctic base uh, site or outpost 32 and they are, you know, they're with Charles Dance and everything, mm-hmm. and they're about to release Ghidorah. And then, yeah, Kyle Chandler shows up. He's like, you know, come on, you know, come on, sweetie, come with me. I'm going to get you out of here. And then she, you know, starts going and then backs off. Why? And stays with Vera Firminga, which makes no sense because if she nope. was emailing earlier being like, I'm worried about mom, she's kind of going loopy. And then well. she's like, yeah, no, we're about to release this giant monster. Yeah, that seems right. And then you got to go back with Hans Gruber pointing a gun at your father. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, uh, hold on. Here's a question for you. Is she the first character in Godzilla history? And I, I'm really curious about this to pet Godzilla. Uh, That's a great question. I I've never pet. seen this in a Godzilla film before, where a character well, she, she doesn't pet Godzilla. She pets Mothra. No, there's a scene where who? Uh, That's Ken Watanabe right before he dies. Okay, is that okay? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, um, there's so many. Um, they just did. But, it was like a petting zoo in this movie, so I got that confused. Yeah, is this the but first so, time so we've so ever to answer seen? Answer your question, anyway. Uh, Ken Watanabe is the first person to pet Godzilla, but it's not the first person to come into physical contact with Godzilla. Well, Godzilla stepped on a shit ton of people, Cotner. <laughs> well, I meant and not getting crushed. <laughs> okay. There's a character, I'm forgetting her name, but she's the main character in Godzilla vs. Mechagirus 2001. Uh, and she actually ends up in the ocean and she's on Godzilla's back for like a minute or so. Yeah, but like as far as like an affectionate pet, you know, I, I, yeah, no, I, I don't, done that before. you know, I haven't no. seen every Godzilla film, but I've never seen that in a movie before. No, the closest we had before that was in the previous Godzilla movie with, uh, and Taylor Johnson and Godzilla having that weird, like, yo, bro, this shit's fucked up. Yeah, me too. Can we what t- happened to his character? Do you really care? Did he die? No. Okay. Can he we went talk to Dave and Busters? That's, that's where his character is. Okay, I, apparently I'm the only one that thought it was funny. So that's just a, on par with the jokes in this movie. Well, so I mean, we you know, I mean, yeah, the reaction from us was like, yeah, it bombed. Sorry, yeah. that was that was an that was the oxygen killer of the room, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that? Can we talk I about laughed oxygen at that name. Stress? I assumed that had oh, to be a strike. Oxygen, yeah. oxygen destroyer is what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Talk about the oxygen destroyer. Go ahead, Scott. I hated it. I mean, I, I had a little chuckle. I'm like, oh, they're using the oxygen destroyer. And then it was like, well, could, could you do something original, right? So that was that one. That was the first time in the movie that I'm like, okay, that's a cool little Easter egg, cool little nod. I, I, I get it. That's cool. 
Um, they never really explain it and and whatnot. Well, they kind of do, but they don't. Um, but I don't know. I would have preferred some other original way of, of of dealing with it. That that was just my take on it. I don't know what. What do you think, Dan? No, I absolutely agree. I thought it was a name check and a callback for nothing but that sake. It does nothing to uh, enhance the stakes of the movie. It never comes back in the rest of the movie. You know, the Oxygen Destroyer is from the original movie. It is the thing that kills Godzilla. It is the only science that is more bullshit than Godzilla is, thus it's more powerful. Um, and that's a very important thing in Godzilla lore in the franchise, and they just offhandedly name-check it, and yeah, having nothing else to do for the rest of the movie with it, and it doesn't come back, it's not well, later revealed to, to have any further significance, like, you could have just called it a something other than that bomb. Well, here's the thing, let me bring this up. Uh, a lot of the Godzilla movies have to do with how we treat the Earth, right? And I mean, even in this movie, we're dealing with Charles Dance and his eco-terrorists and things like that. And um, it, 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 for me, what that scene, you know, Oxygen stroy- Destroyer name aside, Easter egg aside, the big thing that I got from that is like, uh, you know, we've been destroying the planet. Um, this just further shows what we're doing to destroy the planet. There's a big shot of like dead sea life floating to the top of the ocean uh, after they do this, it's just like that. This is just what we do. That's what spoke to me in that scene. Is um, yeah, it, the movie preaches a little bit, but I mean, this is you know, it's dealing with issues that we are dealing with today, and like how we're, uh, you know, how we're uh, handling uh, and dealing with the planet. And it was like, how do we, how do we fight the planet trying to uh, either correct itself or, or you know, uh, as as uh, you know. Uh, Emma Russell believes, well, we, we, now, now we even destroy the planet further by destroying all sea life within a two mile radius. That's what, the oxygen destroyer Easter egg name aside, that's what, that's what kind of spoke to me in that scene. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I actually like what you're talking about there. I like that it is, you're saying it is a further example. And yeah, it kind of, you know, if they, like, if uh, Emma Russell and Charles Dance's characters, if they had known what that thing was called, they would probably, you know, further support their cause. But be like, yeah. look at what the fuck y'all are doing. Right. Um, I just, and that, that's fair, and I kind of like that, what you're saying. But, yeah, for me, it's just Oxygen Destroyer is too important of a device. It's, like, it's the only thing a man has ever done that has actually killed Godzilla ever. And, you know, they've shot black holes at him. Doesn't work. They use a gun that shoot, that creates thing, turns things into absolute zero. Doesn't work. They have lasers and cadmium missiles and mech Godzillas and shit. None of it works. So to name check this thing and have it just be a bomb, basically. That, yeah, it kills all the sea life. That is kind of, uh, you know, a visual metaphor for, you know, the eco-terrorism point here. Um, for me, it's just kind of, uh, it just comes off as a fan as like a cheap name drop. Can I talk about how be- we've been bashing this movie? Tup- Happener, you Tupperware it. Can I talk about something I loved? That, yeah. that fucking scene of Gadira flying Godzilla up into the clouds was just gorgeous for his like, like, for his, uh, what, what almost a climactic scene here, you know, this, battle between these two titans 
God damn it, if that did not, if that is not one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen shot with VFX, I, I'd be lying. It was gorgeous. I, you know, it, it, just the, the wingspan, um, that battle, I, I've never seen anything like that on screen before. And it's something new. Ghidorah's never like lifted up Godzilla and flown him up in the air like that. You, so I was like, yeah. even I was like, holy shit, that's something new that we haven't seen before. I will say though, you know, it's unfortunate that this is its own continuity because otherwise Godzilla would have remembered he can use his atomic breath to fly like in Ghidorah 71. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool that, I mean, they obviously took advantage of doing things in a CG fight between these two creatures that they could never do, you know, in the old style, you know, guy in the suit got to mm. style. Mm-hmm. You know, his feet can never leave the ground, and I'm sure there was a lot of what? wire, a lot of wire work, but it would have been involved in that scene, Jake. Remember Godzilla versus Megalon where he uh, does a flying drop kick? Jake, oh. have you seen this? The flying drop kick? Yeah, I have seen this. Oh, it's fantastic. Dude, I call that the G train. The, the what? The G train? The G train, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. That Jaguar's holding. Oh. Um, yeah, it's so good. You know what I thought was beautiful? Um, the. Uh, the larva form of uh, Mothra when we first saw mm. her. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that was gorgeous. Yeah. That was yeah. like the best looking larva form of Mothra yeah, oh, ever. Yeah, turd. Oh, I that that was great. I tell I mean, you, I knew for some good stuff. When I saw that. I fist pumped it. Uh, I fist pumped during that uh, fucking um, Mothra Rodan fight. That was cool. That yeah. was fucking cool. That was that uh, was a new fight we haven't seen before either. Rodan and Mothra and Mothra have never fought each other before. Wow. And then Rodan had um, his wings were burning because he, he is technically a phoenix, correct, Dan? Well, I think it's the way they've like because stuff I've learned from like the monarch sites and whatever from other people is that like. The, it's because he's been living this volcano for so long. Right. Like he just kind of, it's like the Balrog in uh, Lord of the Rings, where it's kind of like he's mm-hmm. sort of absorbed enough to where he's become this almost living magma kind of a thing, or like he's got layers of it on his wings and coating his body in mm-hmm. armor. And it never went away. You know what I'm saying? So it was there in the third act, just like it was in the second act. I thought that it was, was there awful. when he was kneeling and kissing the ring too. <laughs> Kiss yeah. the ring. That's funny. The monsters like absolutely gorgeous though I, I loved anytime any of them were charging up i just thought it looked absolutely amazing i would love to see like the preconceptual sketch design work for this movie honestly I, this would that would be a cool coffee table book i'm sure there's a lot of cool artwork out there for some of the stuff they you know eventually ended up doing yeah but, yeah it looked gorgeous when bet, it was just the monsters doing their thing i bet the concept art and like the character designs probably changed over you know the course yeah. of uh of, of this yeah. yeah, I would love to see kind of the evolution of how they've... Because they and also, you know, I mean, Scott, feel free to disagree with me if you want to, but like, I felt like they did a really good job with these main four, four of what's called the main five. It's these four, and then Mechagodzilla, like the five main, you know, most popular Toho monsters. And I oh, thought yeah. they did a really great job of giving updates and changing the designs a little bit, but, like, the silhouettes, you know who the hell that is. They look how they should. They feel how they should. They sound how they should. I like that they did a little bit of uh, re-editing or redesigning of Godzilla's roar, so you have a bit more of the uh, classic roar in there as well. 
Um, everybody sounded great, and yeah, the the visual stuff of all the fights, the kaiju action, from the designs to the fights to the effects work to the shot composition. A lot of times, I have nothing but praise for that shit. I got so, okay. Go ahead. I was going to say just two thoughts on that. I'm, I I hear you, and I think I agree for the most part. I'm not a huge fan of 2014 Godzilla stylings. I think he's a little bit too fat. That's just me, because I like this, especially around the head. I'm jokingly called him Pigzilla because he kind of looks like a pig in, in from a head perspective. He's, he's supposed to look like they uh, put influence from like a grizzly bear. Yeah, right. his current design is kind of adorable. Godzilla's the way they've kind of thickened him out and made his head a little bit smaller. Yeah. Oh my and god! Like, so when he went, when he went fucking nuclear in this movie. The the facial expressions on his face oh, yeah. were incredible. I think they did a fantastic job uh, with that scene when he went full nuclear after Ken Watanabe detonates that uh, that nuclear device that kind of like revives Godzilla. Um, I thought that that was incredible. The part that I didn't like about that is like in the process he blew up Godzilla's like charging station, right? Yeah, <laughs> he'll get a new one of those. I guess he's gonna go to move on to well, the wireless charging. Well, uh, but the, it's just this—it's just the base that's gone. I mean, that radiation should still be there, right? I mean, it was never really clear where the radiation per se was coming yeah, from. But they, they had nice stairs in like those statues, right? Yeah, yeah, there were Pazuzu statues for the Exorcist. By the way, they had some of that in there. <laughs> So, oh, Dan, quick question. So I'm going to yep. talk about the other Titans. So, uh, do we did did we not have access, or Legendary not have access to the rights of some of the other minor kaiju's that they could have had in there? Because I, I was, I know you said you liked the designs of the U.S. Titans. I, I, I was kind of really underwhelmed, especially like the giant woolly mammoth thing. I'm like, yeah. come on. Right? Did, did so okay? Just a licensing thing. Did or we they see? Just got lazy. Did we see Gamera for like a split second? I, no, was, no, no. You're talking about when the ones coming out of like the hillside. Yes, I was like, okay, is that? No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like for a split second, I'm like, is that Gamera? No, that's just supposed to be another one. And so Scott, I didn't say I liked them. I said I was okay with them. Um, okay. They are a little underwhelming. Um, I think part of, part of it is a licensing thing. Um, I know that, you know, they had spent a good deal of money to license Rodan Mothra and King Ghidorah. Um, so I think it was a matter of them going, well, we could probably, you know, spend a little bit more money and license off, like, I don't know, Manda or Kamanka or Kamakaris, but it's like, who the fuck yeah, really I was cares say about could... Yeah, the initial rumors was that rock creature was a uh, Baragon. Which I was that thinking, or, oh, that's going to be awesome, but no. That or Anguirus or, yes. you know, someone like that, which would have been nice. You know, look, I mean, I'm a, I'm an Anguirus booster. I love Anguirus to death because he's, he's the guy who just tries so hard and gets beaten down every fucking time. He's so a, all the other, uh, all the other monsters that like bent the knee to Godzilla, those are all just random brand new monsters. Yes, those yeah. are all new creations. Like, the giant spider is kind of an homage to Kumonga, which just means giant spider. Uh, he's been in a couple movies. But yeah, like, the weird bipedal ape mammoth thing, 
like that's new the because the other one that we really see is like another muto from the 2014 movie just like has more shit on his back yeah Yeah, i was really disappointed in that i'm like i don't want to see another muto right i'm done with the mutos they're they should be dead can we have something else um to me i thought it was a missed opportunity right yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to see, like, Paragon or Ferran or Angiris there. It'd be nice. You're, but, talking, you know. you're talking about all these 17 other kaijus, but, like, I felt like I never saw hardly any of them. Even the news clippings at the end of the movie, they're talking about all these titans that are meeting on Skull Island now. Yeah, Skull Island is the new Monster Island. That's what I Hell got. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. Can we talk about the... Let's talk about that. Can we talk about the uh, the newspaper clippings? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Please do because awesome. I I missed some of that stuff because I had to start explaining stuff to the guy sitting next to me because I went with a big group of like fifteen people, so I had to start explaining stuff to the one next to me. Yeah, uh, Scott, um, you did see that there's a an a, another Mothra egg that they found, correct? Yeah, the giant egg is there, so that's Mothra. Yep, saw that. There's a giant bat. That's Batra. That's Mothra's evil nemesis. The Black Mothra. Yep. We had the Kong versus Godzilla on the cave. Yes. Um, What else was there, Dan? Um, Well, like I said, I missed some of this stuff. I don't remember which clip it was, but one of the bylines from one of the newspaper clips we saw was by Steve Martin, who is the character Raymond Burr played in the American uh, edit of the original movie. And also then reprised the role in 1985. Well, Monarch also, real quick, we'll get back to what you were talking about, but Monarch uh, released all their information about Titans to the general public now. So it's all it's all out there. So it's not like they're hiding yeah. shit. So Monarch is basically like it's basically like the government is working. It sounds like the government is relying on Monarch at this point. Yeah, kind of. It seems that way. And there are other little clippings of, like, you know, Godzilla seems to be keeping the peace and, like, they, stopping other monsters. They laughed at, they laughed at Ken Watanabe at those fucking, like, those, those, uh, almost like, they were almost like the Senate meetings from fucking. The military. Yeah, exactly. They were, yes. they were laughing at Ken Watanabe and he's like, we'll be their pets. And they found out that that's the truth, that, like, we thought that we were gods for so long, and then all of a sudden these titans come back. Basically, we were not players in this at all. Like, the only like the only thing that we did to, to kind of, like, to fix this was to revive a titan who then saved the war for us, the, the war of the monsters. We, we basically helped king uh godzilla who is kind of like our savior like we should we should bow down to the titans um that are that are protecting us and i i I feel like it kind of came like what ken watanabe was saying that we mocked came to fruition by the end of this film very much so and i think that is kind of the point because i mean yeah he you know you probably the people in the movie and the in-universe like you're kind of fetishizing these guys especially Godzilla but it's like yeah I mean you know it seems like the military because someone was asking me like you know so why did they let Monarch like have all these sites and not just kill all these titans while they were slumbering for years and decades and I to me it came across like Excuse me. It came across as like, you know, they kind of, you know, Monarch until Kong Skull Island in 1973 was like the X-Files, where they're just kind of this thing over here that we still fund, but we kind of constantly forget it exists. 
until shit actually started happening in the 2014 Godzilla movie. And now everybody's like, oh, shit, no, this is a real thing. And meanwhile, Monarch has established, found all these kaiju, and they had reports, and people probably were just like, yeah, whatever the fuck, you know, who cares, you know, that's not real. And, you know, so they kind of always had this idea, or it seems like, you know, with uh, the military court-martialing or whatever it is, led by the, uh, I forget the actress's name, but she's always, for me, the voice of Amanda Waller in the uh, DC animated universe, um, you know, they're mocking him and, yeah, making fun of him and laughing him off. But, yeah, it's like, you know, they thought that they could handle this if they, you know, one of these things woke up and the events of 2014 showed you can't. No. I mean, there's no way, especially when there's so many of them. And, I mean, we were just, as far as, like, just their, their massive size and their power, it doesn't matter how big our military forces are, we're always going to be outnumbered. And, uh, you know... Here's another thing. Scott, you were talking about, like, the character, uh, play, you know, Vera Farmiga played Emma Russell and, like, some of the decisions and some of the things that she said in this movie were just weird. You know, her whole, uh, speech about, you know, the Titans and, and, uh, how they're gonna bring balance and all this stuff. I mean, she basically turned into fucking Thanos there for a moment. Um, my thing is, like, also with, uh, Kyle Chandler's character, the, how, for how, for as much as he hates these Titans, you know, you know, lost his son. His son died during that first battle in 2014. Some of the things that he did in this movie just didn't make sense to me. And Jake, you said you didn't like. Was it Kyle Chandler's performance, or was it just the character? Because I'm, I'm going to have you answer that here in a second. Because I'm going to bring up what Kyle Chandler did for me that was stupid. The thing that he did was stupid. Is like every time they would come into contact with Godzilla, he'd he'd do things that would basically like. When they were, he was like, "All right, uh, lower the shields. Uh, let's let's take a look at this guy and let him know that we're not here to hurt him." And for me, a guy that hates Godzilla so much would have been like, "All right, let's unleash some bombs on this motherfucker." But he's doing these things to kind of like uh, the the movie's wanting us to think that he's, uh, oh, we're 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 tricking Godzilla. We're letting him think that we're on his side and we're not here to harm him. And you know, when later on we'll we'll take you know we'll take advantage of that. And then we'll you know when the time is right, when he's vulnerable, then we'll then we'll attack. I just felt like that that was not in that character's. Um, See, I didn't get that from from uh, from him. And I, I, while I. I can certainly appreciate where you're coming from, but I, I remember that when they met up with him, he was taking pictures of wolves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's been out in the woods doing his Grizzly Adams thing, and he's learned a lot about, you know, animals and alpha males yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that we know about ah, creatures like that is that you, you can't show weakness, right? So we're going to open up the, uh, the, the bay doors mm-hmm. so they can so he can see us so he he can see that I'm, I'm not afraid of him and if because if he senses that we're afraid of him he'll destroy us I, that's what i got from that like you know same thing with a bear or a wolf or anything like that you got to stand your ground that, that's what i got okay I could, uh, no no yeah, that's I, a good point i guess that's that wasn't point. so much the performance that i hated it definitely was more it was definitely 80 percent the character mm. It it just was so hackneyed and dumb to me. It almost felt very similar to Jason Strahan in the Meg. 
like almost kind of the same type of character, like exactly with the same kind of motivations and also hasn't talked to this person in so long, but now has to because they're in this, Mm. you know, extraneous monster creature situation. Mm -hmm. And but it felt like a dumbed down, watered down version of that that never kind of had the balls to decide if it wanted to be completely wacky and fun and over the top or like a serious action movie character. Okay. Like I just wish it would have decided and leaned one way or the other. He waffles a lot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He, he, he waffles a lot. I think about the elevator scene, like he's going to go up and got to get my kid. Got Ah, fuck it. I got to go down and get these guys. And he goes down. I'm like, come on, mm. you know, make a yeah. fucking decision and stick with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, you know, uh, Brian and Jake, I can definitely get your, you know, point of view on it, but I definitely did, um, to Scott's point, kind of come down on him with uh, Scott on this ultimately that, yeah, this guy's kind of, you know, he helped make the, uh, the prototype of the orca to, you know, like, uh, uh, herd killer whales and other wildlife. And yeah, he's, you know, he was former monarch and then he left obviously after the 2014 incident. And yeah, but he's been out in the wild studying animal behavior. And yeah, it's very much a, you know, as much as he wants, cause he kind of, especially like in that scene when we first get to Godzilla in the, uh, the, uh, Castle Bravo outpost 54. Um, the, he is like, cause he says to them, you know, unless it's a fight that you're sure you can win, you know, stand down and retract the gun. So he's kind of, he's still kind of leaving it up to them. Like, are you confident you can win this? Cause I'd love to kill him right now, but, uh, I don't think you can do it. And, you know, it's like, if you're not, if you're not sure you can do it, then based on animal behavior, because Watanabe says, you know, in the, the military hearing, he's like, you know, these aren't monsters. These are animals. They're just very large and powerful animals. Well, hold so, on. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Um, I want you to finish your thought, but like, uh, King Ghadir is actually an alien is what we find out in this movie. That's his original origin. He is. Yeah, Monster Zero, bitches. Yep, he is the Galactus of the Godzilla universe. Well, he th- goes around through space blowing up planets and killing everything on it. This is one of those things in the movie where, like, maybe I remember, like, I've heard that in the past, but, like, by the time I'm watching this movie, I had totally forgotten. And so that was kind of like one of those, like, that Orca device didn't mean shit for King Godira. And I thought that that was like, okay, all right, that makes sense. Now now the science is kind of like making sense here. So. I mean, as much as it can for a giant monster movie. Fair enough. But it no, was. I mean, I mean I'm yeah. Saying, yeah, because it, it, he reacts differently to it than anybody else does. Everybody else kind of like, you know, like I said before, kisses the ring to it and whatnot. But he like hears that and he's like ass super aggro on it. Like, no, I'm going to fucking kill whatever's making that noise. Right. Like they've introduced this device called the Orca and like this is what the Orca does. And like now it's not working. And the fact that it's an alien monster is the reason, like, you know, you, you got, it's, it's suspension of disbelief when this shit, like, arc reactors don't exist, I mean, but we still, like, we'll go to show up to the Iron Man movies and we don't, you know what I mean, try to throw all the science out into that shit, you know? Brian, we, we, what do you tell me? We don't have clean free energy? No. <laughs> Right. Oh my god. What have I been doing? I'm, with so, my life? I'm sorry to fucking, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, 
I, 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 I don't know where I was going with this, but I thought, I thought that that was really, I thought that that was really cool for them to, if they're going to introduce this whole device of the Orca, it kind of paid off later when they, when they, you know, when we did have that big reveal that, uh, Gliera was, uh, was an alien. Do you think they're going to take that anywhere further as far as him being an alien monster in like future films or, or is that just kind of like they just use that as a, uh, as a way of explaining why he was uh, not uh, controlled by the Orca. I'm not sure. I mean, they could go different ways, but they could just have had that as a plot device, but also staying true to his original origin of him being from space and the space, the scourge of the universe and whatnot. You could, I don't know how you would necessarily do it, but you could maybe open the door for like, Space Godzilla or Gigan or, you know, there have been several monsters that come from space. I don't think they're going to do any of that necessarily, but it's theoretically there as a backdoor if you want to. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you've got the, um, oh my goodness, um, the aliens from Planet X and then yep. um, the Zillions, was that their name uh, in Final yeah. War? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. They could always bring back another version of King Ghidorah, I guess. Right. Yeah, you can maybe even end up. Uh, you know, if they plan to Charles Dance plans to clone the head, you maybe get a Death Ghidorah situation. Who knows? I think uh, Charles Dance's character is going to open up a sushi bar, <laughs> and he's <laughs> he's hoping. I don't know that. There's a lot of dead fish in that uh, bay that he can. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> real fast. I didn't realize he was going to be in the movie, and the next thing I know, fucking Tywin Lannister is shooting people in the head. I was like, oh shit! He was in the trailers, Jake. Oh yeah, I did not notice that. <laughs> I don't know how you don't. He has a whole "Long Live the King" line that's in the trailer too. Mm. <laughs> hey Dan, I have I have one thought. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm driving home. So Austin Lynn and I saw this. I saw this this afternoon. I'm driving home. And I'm like, man, that that fight scene at the end was great. It was missing something. It was missing something. And maybe it's a licensing thing as well. But every third act of every Godzilla movie that I know has the march in it. You know, dun 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 dun. dun. It didn't have that. If it it was there when the, uh, he first arrives on shore. They had a couple of different versions of it, but it was kind of there. They didn't get to the full March part of it necessarily when he arrives on the shore and all the jets are flying behind him and everything, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, uh, you get the sting. I got the sting, but it would have been really badass if they had just kind of laid that in underneath. That was my thing. We should totally recut the movie and throw the march in there and then... Uh, and edit out all the human stuff in between. And it all, the yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the shooty, the shooty Hepner edit of uh, of this movie. I think it would be spectacular. Oh, we're getting rid Sounds of Dr. Russell all the way through. We're just take her completely. Oh, she's terrible. She's terrible, guys. I'm going to take a page from some of my favorite fam subs of like various uh, kaiju movies and just like when people are talking about science, just subtitle it blah, 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 blah. I'm going to, okay, I, we're going to be wrapping this up here real shortly, but I'm not going to, I'm going to let you guys have your final thoughts. I want you to have your Jerry Springer final thoughts here. I don't want you to like walk away from this review having not said something, but I am going to say that, uh, first of all, like I, I wish I could Tupperware the smoothie. The, the trailers had me so excited. Uh, especially that second trailer. I, I was blown away by that second trailer. I felt like O'Shea Jackson was kind of a waste in this movie too. 
You know, like oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I feel like a few people were kind of a waste. I mean, Sally Hawkins, they just do yeah, away she, with. Yeah, she, I feel like she just kind of like wanted out. You know, she's just waiting for the next Yama the Toro joint that she can jump in on. Um, but um, I think that the monster battles in this were what I was wanting in the first Godzilla film, and um, I was not a fan of Kong Skull Island. Uh, this is my favorite out of the three MonsterVerse movies that we've been introduced to. I like the direction that it's going into. Um, I think that uh, I don't, you know, I know a lot of people were upset by the uh, the post credit stinger with the, uh, you know, the, the King Godira um, reveal. Uh, I, I'm fine with that. I'm 100% fine with that. I don't need more Kong. We're going to get a whole movie with that. They've teased Kong long enough. Um, and we got some teases with that in the newspaper clippings. It's, it's really all I need. Um, and, and that new teaser poster, uh, has me excited enough. But man, these monsters look gorgeous. I think the character designs look great. Uh, uh, standouts for me was, uh, the Mothra Rodan battle was just perfect. I don't think it could have been any better. And when I saw Mothra's claw, go straight through Rodan. I, it was, that was fucking glorious. Um, oh, it was, a, it was her stinger, not the claw. Oh, the sting. Yeah, it was the stinger. It was the stinger. Um, because, uh, the, the next shot, you see the stinger pull out. You're right. You're absolutely right. I apologize. Um, but, uh, that was fucking incredible. I, I thought the monster battles in IMAX are definitely worth the price of admission. I think that this is definitely something that should be viewed in the theater, I'm half tempted to go back and watch this in 3D. I just worry about suffering through the fucking bullshit human parts again. I, if I could just get the fucking 3D cut of the monster battles, I would be like a happy camper. But man, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking go through and watch like 19 year old Millie Bobby Brown try to pretend she's fucking 12 and then. <laughs> The Kyle Chandler bullshit, but I want I, I want Jake. I want you to have your final thoughts, and I don't want you guys to like walk away from this and feel like you didn't get to uh, uh, put it all out there. So, Jake, you got any final thoughts on the uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters? Yeah, not much. I mean, I'm glad I saw this as much as I kind of moaned it. What I didn't care for, I, you know, I co-sign a lot of what you said. I, I didn't see the 2014 Godzilla movie, but I, I did like this a hell of a lot more than Kong Skull Island. And yeah, I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm I would love to see the Hopner shooty cut. That sounds much better than this, you know, two plus hour version that we got to see. But it's 15 yeah. minutes long and nothing but fun. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I want to see that in 3D. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, but yeah, I, you know, not much else to say here. Um, good popcorn fun. Should have been just a bit shorter. And I'm going to let Scott and Hepner kind of take over and uh, get everything out there. I want you to, I, and take as long as you need to. I'm not going to cut you off, but just get your final thoughts out uh, on this movie. Scott, Hepner, just feel free to jump in. Uh, shitty age before beauty. Age before pure um, Godzilla science. Um, thanks for having me on, by the way. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's you know we live in an age where it's okay to admit that you're fans of this kind of stuff. So it's really kind of cool to talk about it. And of course, it's, it's time. Yeah, yeah, and and you know here's the other thing too. Like 
you know, Austin and I were talking on our show that I know no one listens to, which is fine, but they should be listening to it. They should be listening to your show. Scott, uh, plug your show right now before you go forward. Well, no, they really shouldn't be listening to my show, but if, if you've got nothing better to do and you want to listen to a low audio quality show of people griping about people, um, you can let's go to the leftover army feed and, uh, look up tales from the yard. Um, David Isaac, um, Austin, who's my son and myself have special guests and, um, it, yeah, there's really no value to what we talk about. We just gripe a lot. Oh, you're, but, you're, you're self-deprecating. Everybody check it out. Go, <laughs> go. No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Scott, you've got, you've got important things to say. Everybody, you know, you check it out. Go, uh, go to iTunes, do a search for the leftover army, leftover army. And, uh, anytime you see a podcast that starts with TFTY, that's Tales from the Yard. That's Scott Schutte. That's the guy you've been listening to. That's one of the authorities on Godzilla. And, uh, you know, it's not like he always talks about Godzilla. You talk about other things. You have rants. You have raves. It's fantastic. It's a great show, Scott. You've got important things to say. You're, you're one of my best friends and you're one of the best people, uh, that we've ever come in contact with on this show. You've done so much for me and people need to, I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong uh, with 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 uh, a little bit of Scott Shooty in your life. You're, you're good people, so definitely check out the podcast, everybody. Boy, thanks. And then this last episode, you can listen to us talk about boner shorts. That being aside, um, <laughs> when uh, uh, when your son grows up and becomes a man and insists that you and him go and see the new Godzilla movie, mm. that's pretty cool. Uh, and I hope that uh, right. you guys uh, have a similar experience with your children um, as you share your fandom with them. And uh, that's just a really, really cool thing. So uh, I, I like I said, this is a fun movie. I, I think everybody should go out and watch it. Um, I, I wanted the Tupperware this movie. Uh, I'm glad, Dan, I'm glad that you Tupperware this movie. Um, you, sir, uh, amaze me, um, as far as what you know, and you can just whip it right off the top of your head. I've got, you know, it took a half hour taking notes and you just whip things out. So that's just awesome. So it's always a pleasure to be on, um, any podcast with you when we're talking about Zilla or anything Kaiju. You're just, you're a mutant and, uh, and that's great. Um, the only other thing that I'm going to say about this movie and, um, it, it does have me a little bit worried. I think the numbers that came out are, are okay. They're okay numbers, but this movie did cost $200 million mm, to make. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that the next one has already uh, been shot because I was worried about where the franchise was going because um, it's it's going to take a lot for this movie to, to make up its budget. Um, and it's coming right at the beginning of the hot summer movie uh, period. So you know, if you like Godzilla, by all means, go out and see this one in the theater uh, and have a good time. Um, go get some popcorn or take a piss when the humans uh, do whatever they're doing and then come back. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Brian. The um, the visuals in this movie yeah. are absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could wait for the Hopner shooty cut, what, I don't know, but uh, 60 to 90 days? How long is it going to take? Yeah, probably around that. Yeah. Scott, if, That's if, it. if our listeners have AMC A-list, there's no excuse for them not to see this movie. None. Go see the movie. 
go see the movie. And also subscribe to the Leftover Army feed and listen to Scott and uh, listen to David Isaac and Austin. And uh, you guys have a lot of fun. I always, I always enjoy. It's it's a very loose environment. It's a lot of fun. You guys, I get a kick out of you guys. Uh, Hopner, you got the floor, man. Uh, thank you, Scott. Thank you very much uh, for the praise and everything. Uh, I am a mutant. It was not afraid to whip it out whenever. Um, yeah, that didn't. That Does didn't your now look like one of King Ghidorah's heads? <laughs> uh, no, it's got more Godzilla spikes on it. It's, I got it. Uh, yeah. Um, oh my! Did you guys notice like his like uh, Gadira's tail? Um, how it moved like a rattler, like a, on a rattlesnake. I did. That was awesome. <laughs> I fucking love yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool. That was yeah. dope. I also, I also liked uh, since I had to come get in the floor here. I also liked that early, early on, the three heads would kind of like nip and jab at each other. Uh, like, hey, pay the fuck attention. It's stuff that was never done in the movies, but there's been various, you know, books and literature that has kind of alluded to the fact that you know they all have, you know, obviously. They have independent brains and therefore independent thought. Mm. And actually three separate people did performance capture for each of the heads for the movie. Um, even though in the credits it lists all the kaiju as playing themselves, which was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> there were a couple, you know, I got a couple of quick notes here before I wrap up. Uh, yeah, the that we floor is yours. Is that, the floor is you. yours, Hopner, for as long as you want, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, you might regret that in a few minutes, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm regretting it. I'm regretting it right now. No, okay. yeah, that'll happen. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> the only the only other uh, real note that I had here that was an Easter egg that we didn't uh, cover was the outpost uh, name. So the outpost that was uh, watching Godzilla was Outpost 54 when the first Godzilla movie came out. Rodan's outpost was 56 when the first Rodan movie came out. Uh, and then Ghidorah's was 32, which is two references. One, uh, Outpost 31 from John Carpenter's The Thing, and also 32 is half of 64, which 1964 is when Ghidorah's first uh, appearance uh, came in. So I liked that. It was just a nice little fan touch thing that I liked there. Um, but, I mean, you know, we've talked about a lot of things. We have ragged a lot on the human story of it. And, yeah, it is a bit lacking um, especially in some things, you know, a really great example of a kaiju human story is Pacific Rim. I think that that movie does a fantastic job, excuse me, of having the humans being front and center. It helps that they're in the giant robots doing the fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so, but, you know, a subpar human plot is pretty typical for a Godzilla movie, and it doesn't, it tends to not ruin my enjoyment as long as there's not a kenny in it that's way too obnoxious I, it doesn't ruin it for me so i've kind of have a deep callus uh on my body for that in my mind um but yeah all the visual stuff was phenomenal the the fights were fantastic the designs of the main four were amazing um just from you know keeping the classic silhouettes to doing tweaks to the redesign everybody had their kind of power sets that they should have we didn't even really talk that much about the burning godzilla uh in the end when he goes all red and shit you mm. touched on it a little bit brian yeah. when uh the like the look in his face and just like the red eyes and glowing all around him just this eerie red of just like a demon coming to be like yeah you're fucked i loved and, it i loved it it was like Oh, it, there was something about that moment which just showed the the amount of power that Godzilla possessed in that moment, and the facial expressions that they pulled off 
with with Godzilla in that scene were just absolutely amazing. Like I said, the VFX in this are second to none. Incredible. Yeah, I agree. And like the way he, you know, as he's dispersing all that energy is a callback to a secondary ability he had in the uh, 90s series called the Atomic Pulse, where he just like shoot out radiation in like a fucking, you know, sphere. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the, the effects work, yeah, the VFX work is fantastic. Like even after he gets revived by the, the nuke from Sarazawa. And then he's, like, getting right in front of, like, Kyle Chandler's face on the sub. He kind of gives him the side of, like, I'll fucking kill you later. I got bigger fish to fry. And, like, I just love the way there's subtle, subtle character, if you want to call it that, in some of the kaiju. And it's fantastic. Um, just, I, you know, like I said at the top of this, this movie took me back to a place that I didn't think I could go back to, you know, um, it's the fifth Godzilla movie I've seen in theaters. And unfortunately we are including the Matthew Broderick 1998 one. Um, cause it was that one. Then the next year, Godzilla 2000, uh, Godzilla 2014, Shin Godzilla in 2016. And then this movie. So I have seen five in theaters when they were released at least. Um, and this, you know, none of them took me back to when I was 10 years old, but this movie did. You know, this is the first one that took me back to as a child. And, you know, when the 1998 movie came out, I was 14, so it was, didn't have to work that hard to get there, and it failed. Um, but, like, it really took me back. You know, objectively, if I were to rate this movie objectively, I'd give it a high taste because the human story is lacking. Um, but yeah, just as a personal thing, it was a Tupperware. It, it did something for me that was raw and emotional and just brought me back to a child playing with my toys again. And it, like that, I never do that. Like I never get that reaction from anything anymore these days. So it's just based on that. I love this movie to death and. I'm hoping that Kong uh, versus Godzilla 2020 will uh, be able to live up to the expectations that this movie set, for me at least, in terms of kaiju action. It'd be nice to get a good human story in there as well, but, you know, I'll <laughs> take it or leave it, at least for me. Um, I am worried about the box office, at least domestically. Like, it's going to hit, like, 50 million domestically this weekend. But, you know, once it comes out in Japan and China, it's going to gross, like, $400 million. So it'll be fine financially. It's just not going to have a great domestic. Well, I mean, look look at some of the movies that have uh, not uh, performed well domestically but perform well internationally that continue to get uh, – can uh, continue to get sequels, and I'm talking about like Resident Evil films for one. But uh, you know um, that uh, so it, Pacific Rim also survived off of the international market. So and you know, gave us a lackluster sequel. I actually enjoyed the sequel, Hepner. So it was okay. It's fine. I but- toss that sequel into the I, ground and piss on it like David Isaac. I, I not enjoy that. Sequel. I actually really enjoyed it, uh, Scott. I thought uh, I John Boyega was fantastic. So yeah, and for me, it's the uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. It's like a taste it, low taste it. But Pacific Rim is a fucking Tupperware. It's like in my top ten kaiju films ever. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's really good, guys. I'm so happy to have both of you on. Like that's Jake. This is one of those things where. 
it's really nice that we've been doing this show now for six years. We've been able to build relationships and friendships uh, with people that are experts in certain, uh, you know, uh, genres and, and, and properties and things like that. And uh, two people that I consider friends, uh, Daniel Hepner and Scott Schutte, just happen to be two of the biggest Godzilla fans I've ever met. Probably two of the biggest Godzilla fans on the planet, and we have access to them, and we were able to put them on our show. Like, listening to these two talk about Godzilla, I felt like, uh, you know, I felt like I was in the room with, like, two lawyers where they're talking, like, fucking, like, law, and uh, lawyers created their own language as far as, like, the law is concerned. So, like, when lawyers are talking about different laws and different this and that, I have no idea what they're fucking saying. Like half of the time, I'm listening to these guys. I'm just in awe that they're they're in their own Godzilla kaiju language, and it was fucking unreal. I felt like I felt like this movie featured titans, Jake. It featured titans that came from the depths of the earth that fought on the on in in the mountains and in the deserts and in the jungles of the earth. And uh, I felt like I listened to two Godzilla titans talk about Godzilla King of the Monsters today. Was that was? <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, it's honestly, true. I'm pretty blown away by yeah. how much knowledge they dropped, and it kind of gave me a whole new respect for the movie that I did not come to this podcast with. It's unreal. The, you, seriously, guys, take a fucking bow for like what you brought to this podcast. Me and Jake talking about this. Like two fucking, fucking, two fucking toddlers fucking like playing in a sandbox. We don't know what we're doing. You guys are fucking men talking about Godzilla and my hat's off to you. It was fucking amazing. I was in the presence of greatness listening to you guys talk about Godzilla. Uh, it's really impressive, the both of you. So thank you. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. You guys did a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate giving the opportunity and the platform to be able to, uh, Give you a crash course in uh, kaijuology. Dude, you guys, seriously, Scott, Daniel, you, you're two of my favorite people. And and I love being able to have you. I, I'm privileged to have you on this show, and I mean that. The battery in my space, Godzilla, is dead, or I would give you a nice little roar. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you totally redeemed. I heard the button clicking. Yeah, yeah it's not working. Well, he yeah, totally, my friend Massa's Godzilla I, is I, also dead battery. Godzilla figure. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm fucked. Uh, my ba- my battery ran out on my uh, – I got like a Star Wars thing where I can push buttons and it makes like a Wookiee noise, a Vader noise, a lightsaber noise, and the battery died. I remember that. that thing. Yeah, the battery died on that bad boy. I got to get that fixed. But yeah, uh, Hepner, thank you so much. Scott, thank you so much. Jake, as always. And um, just like all good leftovers saying their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you on episode – 286 which is going to pop up in your feed right after this all right thanks a lot guys see ya latest Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. 
You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hate it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Left over. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Left over. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and live a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Left over Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture left over Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.